everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Enlightened Night Podcast featuring Team Galaxy Brain. My name is Tim. This is Jacob. How are you doing, Jacob? Hey, hey everybody. How goes it? What's up, Tim? Oh, man. Just, just, just a beardy guy sitting with my beardy friends, bearding <laughs> around. <laughs> I was looking at this, like, preview video of us that I have to do, and it's just like, I'm just like, I feel feel real beardy right now and it kind of blends into my shirt too so it just like looks looks bigger but uh it's it's out of control for me for me yeah i mean i'm for you but (laughs) no i'm definitely taking advantage of the the end of winter here and just letting it grow and get burly before i have to do anything about it you know (laughs) yeah right on well what are you up to this week jacob what's uh you know we just i we both live in portland and we're currently snowed in but uh uh What's uh what's what's good? What have you been doing this week? Uh this week has been a lot of chilling, playing like Kalashar at home. I don't really think I've gotten out to um too many armories or anything like that. Um I did go to another local store that opened up just on the street for me. Um and they're like a Digimon store, so I, I bought some starter decks and tried that game out. Um it's super fun. It's definitely a game that I will I'll play uh, on the side, but I probably won't commit nearly as much time or money yeah. to it as Flesh and Blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, but it's fun. The community was nice, and it was a good time. Yeah, you should, uh, next time we're at an armory together, you should bring bring your starter decks, and you should teach me how to play. Like, uh, oh, like the games the are quick, so yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that'd be sweet. You were telling me that it has this mechanic where you, like, you use resources and it like when you play cards it like fills up your opponent's like resource meter or whatever right yeah the basically the resource system in uh digimon this is not becoming a digimon podcast but uh (laughs) it's it's a tug of war so it's like there's a scale in the middle of the table that goes it's like a zero in the center and then you know one to ten on the left side and one to ten on the right side uh and as you t- as you play things, they all have an energy cost, and that energy cost moves it closer and closer to your opponent's side. And then once you cross the zero line, uh, your turn's over, mm. and they get whatever resources you 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 gave them. So mm. uh, you can play this really fun game of like choking them out of resources, um, which will force them to eventually give you resources to have your big turn. Yeah. Um, and That's the game is really cool. built around like combos, like. You just draw cards and you like look at, you know, every Digimon or every card I play has like a look at the top three of your deck. Grab a card that you need. Yeah. Put the other two at the bottom of your deck. Um, it's definitely a modern TCG design. They're definitely trying to fix the resource problem and, you know, hand management and well, all I, those, all I like those I like that. I mean, it kind of like like you think about like what makes Flesh and Blood so awesome. It's like uh, par- part of it is that you know your your every action you take feeds into every other action you take right it's like mm-hmm. like even like the the thing that people talk about all the time is they you you block and then uh on your next turn you don't drop until the end of your turn so you have to like think about what you're doing next turn and i i love that i love that idea of the resource system um uh so that's really cool i remember like i feel like um so decipher the 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 company that made the star wars card game also mm-hmm. made a Lord of the Rings card game, and both of them were awesome. Both of them were like pretty complicated. Um, like the Lord of the Rings, like you had to like each person had a ring bearer, and also like shadow cards, 
and you had to get your ring bearer across like nine like sites and it was just like really like it was kind of weird like it, it worked super convoluted for a worked, card game but that yes, sounds super cool exactly yeah. but um i believe there was some sort of system in there where like you had uh shadow cards and uh like your good cards your fellowship cards and you're in the same deck if i remember correctly mm-hmm. and there were deck building restrictions where you have to have like 30 of each or something i don't know but um basically you like when you would do good stuff it would feed into like it was like a pool of resources of like the it was called like the shadow pool or something and then your your opponent could could do i I don't remember exactly how it worked but like i love that like i love that idea (laughs) the give and take the like no i i think that's that's great and the the one thing that I was missing uh, in the Digimon play and the you know the thing that keep definitely keeps me cemented in Flesh and Blood is it definitely does have the feel of like when you're doing things on your turn I'm just sitting oh yeah and just like watching everything happen yeah, before yeah. my eyes before I have a turn to to do anything um, so that's always a bummer I mean I feel like even as a kid playing like Yu Gi Oh and getting to do trap cards which is like the most fun thing ever and be like ha ha (laughs) well speaking of trap cards yeah no exactly what my man um (laughs) yeah awesome well yeah that was that's enough for the the preamble ramble i guess uh digimon (laughs) what's the what's the name of the store should we give them a shout out this is so unique right like a digimon focused store yeah no it's super cool um they're called thunder kitty games in um okay. which is a great name too in yeah. portland thunder kitty games um, yeah well yeah if you're in portland go check them out thunder kitty yeah. games i know they're doing they're doing one piece as well like all of the all of the bondi games oh yeah <laughs> they're, they're doing all cranking the, like, out yeah dude they cranked out a bunch this year they cranked out like five games <laughs> is that like I, man the Every time I'm like, I always like see these new anime card games like Digimon and One Piece. And then there's the Dragon Ball Z card game, which like I hear is like not that good, but it's pretty popular because lots of people like that show. Um, yeah. But then there's also like every time I go to Fable on Wednesday and I see Vice Schwartz or whatever it's called, where it's just like all the animes <laughs> and like Disney and like all these things just like jammed into one card game. <laughs> so silly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, OK, so yeah. Uh <laughs> as far as flesh and blood, this is a flesh and blood podcast. I promise. Yes, exactly. Uh, Ten minutes in. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we want to talk about Battle Hardened Bologna today. Um, with the top eight, what we thought about the meta and everything. Um, I wanted to call out, uh, you know, um, data. What is it? How are we using it? Uh, that kind of thing. And then uh, there's a couple of spoilers that we're not going to go over all the spoilers because, like, I don't have an opinion on most of them. Because I'm usually wrong about those, like, and like, just as a PSA to everybody, like, if you if you have an opinion about spoilers or how it's going to affect the current meta, you're probably wrong. Until we get you're the probably full, wrong. yeah, you're probably right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, chances are you're probably wrong. Um, but yeah, so we just want to talk about a couple of uh, interesting ones that we we personally like. Uh, yeah, that should uh, you know take up all of our time, I guess. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. let's dive in. Um, Battle hardened Bologna. Um. Uh, I don't remember how many players overall. I'm just grabbing this tab with the deck list in it, but oh, yeah. uh, I think it was I, like I think it was like between eighty and hundred players, which seems reasonable. It's like a battle heart. That's a battle heart in size. Like I don't think that's yeah. You know, yeah. it's impressive. That's actually an impressive battle heart in size. Like yeah. I don't think we had a hundred for Portland. Yeah, I think there were like eighty three or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. so that's that's healthy. That's cool. 
Yeah, and like, um, I mean, I'm like, I'm looking. What's cool too is I'm looking at this uh, list of top eight people, and like, I think they're they're like the top eight is from eight different countries, as far as I can tell. So that's rad. Yeah, more European events. That's so, so yeah. Cool. Ukraine, Croatia, Italy. Oh, so there's actually uh, two time Ukraine, two Ukrainian uh, folks nice. playing flesh and blood at this Bologna thing. Uh, Austria. Uh, Spain, United Kingdom, and... Uh, oh, okay, so two Austria, two Ukraine. Okay, so there's six countries represented, but that's still pretty pretty freaking rad, if you ask me. Um, yeah, I wonder I wonder if those Ukraine... They must have a good scene out there, because I know there was uh, people who were do- making content, like, in the midst of war. Yeah, yeah. They were just cranking out fab content. And like, yeah. that is one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to just be like, yeah, you know, the world's rough outside my door, but if I can stay in here, stay safe and and play a game and like share that with the world. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's yeah, that's, it's definitely rough over there. So, and yeah, props to these, these players for, for making it out and, um, you know, getting a getting a great result. So yeah, uh, the top, top eight is awesome. The top eight is yeah, freaking rad. There's let's see here. I'm just since we're talking about country diversity, let's talk about hero diversity too, which doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> healthy meta, but like it's still pretty cool to see. So uh, it looks like there's uh one Lexi, one Viserai, two Icelanders, one Dramai, one Fi, uh, one Bravo, and one Oldham. So. Okay. Uh, so that's seven, yeah, seven heroes, uh, the only repeat with Icelander, actually. Um, and eventually it was taken down by Bravo, uh, who beat an Ultim in the finals. And, uh, the third and fourth place were made up of Lexi and Viserai. I want to talk about the Viserai oh, in a minute. Oh, wow. But, yeah. I didn't know that, I didn't know these standings. I didn't know that both the Icelanders got knocked out first round of the the top eight that's interesting yeah and i don't know what the bracket was i'm just looking at like the placement so i you right. know i don't know who who, um, fought, who like yeah well clearly they didn't fight each other <laughs> yeah right 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 exactly um but yeah so what do you think first impressions like what do you think about this top eight like wh- and, and especially because our last cast was directly after uh calling indianapolis right and so right. how does that compare to this um, I think we and our team have had lengthy conversations about, about what this really, what this means, what this looks like. Um, and I think I just fall into the camp of more rounds means we're looking for a more consistent deck. So decks that make it through the calling generally are going to be, you know, just number wise, more consistent. When you look mm-hmm. at something like what was it, five old hymns or some obnoxious number in uh, five of them. Yep. Yeah, five old hymns. So it just goes to show that the consistency um, of that deck is super high. And mm-hmm. in and in this uh, this top eight, we still see Ice is the predominant. Like if you're gonna look at all the decks and see, you know, common commonalities, Ice is a half of the meta still, right? Because it's gonna be old him, Icelander, Icelander, Lexi. And I can just take a peek at this Lexi list. And I'm sure it's filled with insidious chill. And <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, I right? uh, let's let's. Oh no, 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 no! So, it is. Uh, so it's got we have Arctic incarceration. Yeah, it's got a lot of. Uh, uh, it's got some lightning stuff in there. It's got like dazzling window and stuff. Okay, so it's running winters, but so it doesn't have. Uh, it's not really running the ice fuse stuff. 
Yeah. But it is still running two very relevant ice cards in, in Arctic incarceration mm -hmm. and um, where is this? Frostlock and yeah. then Winter Winter's Spite. Winter Spite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, uh, this list does look very aggro. Oh, yeah. Right? No, totally. But then we still have two Icelanders and an Oldham. So that's half of this half of this top eight is ice still. Yeah. So um, clearly ice is still very dominant. Yeah. And I mean, well, like, I don't know. It, it, it is looking up for Bravo. I know people completely counted Bravo out. I know that, yeah. you know, especially after him having the lowest conversion rate into the calling, everyone kind of joked that that deck was, you know, it was copium to be playing it and all this and that. Which um, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. Like, the, I, I think that, or at least I wonder if there were a lot of bad Bravo players. Because, like, I'm just like, like, Bravo is, like, a pretty good matchup into, or it's like, it's like a, a favorite, but not super favorite into Icelander, as far as I know. Um, right. It's, uh, it's close into Oldham, I think. Um, I, I think it might be pretty good into Oldham, because you just have dominated on demand. Um, but I, I haven't played that matchup a bunch. Um, it's, pretty good into Fi and Briar and it's like yep. as far as I like I've played a fair amount of Bravo after uh, Uprising and I've never lost to a Dromai. Um that doesn't mean it's not possible but like it seems kind of hard. Um yeah. and so so if Fi and Dromai were the most registered and and Briar were like some of the most registered decks and then mm -hmm. like right like Icelander and Ultum if all those decks got registered and bravo also got registered a bunch why didn't bravo do well <laughs> um mm. i don't know like i am wondering i just like y you look at you look at oldham next to bravo and you think like if it, like i'm just looking at the two pound for pound and like it seems like bravo is like the better guardian like right because oldham just lost his like his you know insane uh you know just lost his his insane winter's whale and um and all that so like what's going on there i mean okay so that's an interesting thing to to posit because i've heard people almost openly refer to like bravo sometimes as having like no character text right <laughs> like right. he can sure. he can almost never hit that dominate um if he if he's forced to block or whatever obviously he he can swing back and be aggro, but if I look at the two guardians, I just see Oldham is better. Like I can take every card from the Bravo deck outside of Crippling sure. and play it in Oldham, and it's and I get to have Stalagmite for some matchups where that is extremely relevant. Like I, eh, you know what I mean? Like yeah, but like but all even just those minor tweaks make make Oldham a bit. A bit yeah. better in my in my eyes but i i don't have as much experience but, playing guardian as you do but let's take let's take that stalagmite example right so like mm -hmm. instead of stalagmite you have things like pummel crush the weak right which is like you could like like bravo can just can just like like uh he has so many on hit effects right or so many so many crush effects i should say he has so many crush effects that are so relevant and i feel like there's a lot less room for error i guess yeah. um i think it has it has a really nice it's kind of a really nice Icelander matchup too because you you're just putting so much damage on the chain before yeah you know they have a chance to respond with frostbites and all this shit as long as you're not making seismics um i yeah. think you can get in trouble if you if you make a seismic it pops early and then they load you know 
most of the Bullander lists aren't going to be loading more than a, a single Frostbite, but if they come into the Ice Eternal and they really load you up and just shut your turn down, I can see that, that stalling out of Bravo, but yeah. you're constantly putting like 8 to 10 on the chain over and over yeah. again. Icelander will have a problem with that. Yeah, and I mean, you... Like, I guess that's the thing, too, is, like, I also hear things like, oh, like, and from, from, like, really good, like, Reinar players, like, oh, Icelander is, like, such a hard matchup. And I'm, like, again, like, I just have a diff different experience where I'm, like, that seems right. really easy to me. And, like, I, I was thinking about it the other day because somebody asked me, it's, like, well, why is it so easy? I'm, like, well, I don't know. I just kind of, like, play out a big attack every turn and then, like, AB3 something and, like, discard, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it... Like, I feel like that's kind of just, like, how you, like, outvalue Icelander. Like, yeah, three for eight is, like, really good. But, like, you can block and then, like, deal 10 damage, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's just, like, it, it's just, like, numbers. And, like, yeah, the Frostbites matter. But, like, you just play, like, it, but but Bravo plays, like, 40 blues, right? So yeah, that's... Yeah, exactly. Like, and, like, it's not just Icelander, right? Like, like there's, there's, like, fine Dromai and stuff. But, like, I think those are favorite matchups. So, like, I'm just, I'm really... I was also confused when I saw the like really bad conversion rate. Um, I wonder if the I wonder if part of it was like all of the you know all of Bravo's like bad matchups like uh like Bravo is a pretty bad matchup into like pistol dash for example. So maybe mm -hmm. there were like a lot of pistol dashes running around and then like they all kind of ate each other up. Or, like, I mean, I feel you like know you... what I mean. Like uh, I don't know how. how pre uh let's look at this draw my list was this draw my list uh aggro or big dragons i know that aggro dromai is really starting to pop up and it looks like we got a blaze headlong dust up e-strike flame call this is an aggro draw looks, my list looks pretty aggro to me yeah i think that bravo has a problem with this list right because be, yeah. you can yeah you can put down damage on chain and then you end with a dragon then you mm -hmm. start stacking up two three dragons and bravo's like uh oh i don't know what to do because like you can go down to a one card hand and still come in for a ton of damage. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do know I'm really interested in aggro Dromai right now because yeah. I, I see that deck having a ton of great matchups, right? Like, yeah. Um, I'm really interested in Iris Dromai personally, but <laughs> just as like, <laughs> just as like a meme and not like a, I think it's really good. But yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a really good point you just raised, right? Like, so like if if Bravo has a problem with because this deck's not running like a ton of like Phantasmy dragons, right? Like they're running like Blaze Head. Oh, they're running and like they're running uh, the little dragons that are probably matchup dependent. Yeah. Um You always run Asvali and Chromai because you can give things go again. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, they got the Enderize for Icelander. Or excuse me, they got Themia for Ice, mm -hmm. the Mai mm -hmm. for Icelander, Yenderai probably for Phi. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Nourishing Metamorph, interesting. This is an interesting list. Two yeah. nourishing emptiness. Yeah. So I, you know, it's a mystery, but like, you know, um, a lot of like, uh, even within our own like team Discord, there was a lot of like discussion about like, oh, like, are these results like? you know, relevant to the rest of the meta because it was a smaller field, um, which we'll, we can talk about a second when we go over data. But like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I... Do you I'd think they're relevant? Do you take this information and does it change your armory deck for the next month before this set comes out? Um, I mean, I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Like, I, I don't think that like calling Indy really changes my armory deck, right? Because like there's no more like... 
even if I were to go to the U.S. calling, right, like to calling Baltimore or whatever, uh, Outsiders comes out between then and now. So it's like, it doesn't really change a lot for me. Um, that could be a factor too, is, um, you know, a smaller field. Maybe people are just kind of like sticking on their like comfy deck. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's something I mean, fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like the biggest suggestion from the Enlightened Mind podcast is play something fun right now. Nothing really, a set's about to drop. If you have an interesting idea, play that. That's what I'm doing. I'm just working on like fun shit that does, you know, slightly above rate things and i'm just like smashing cards together and, and seeing what's fun playing rune blade yeah well and that's like yeah i mean i think that's like some advice that uh was circulating in magic for a while is there's this guy who was like and it well his, his name actually his name's uh, shaheen sirani i heard him in, in an interview he is like he is like blue white control guy in magic like the only mm -hmm. deck he ever plays even when it's bad right and then um somebody was like hey like you're a really good player why don't you actually play a good deck and so he played like some like the the best deck you know in the next format and he just he did horribly and then mm -hmm. the next and then yeah and then the next pro tour he came back and he started smashing on like his old like you know blue eye control list or whatever and i think like that's just one you know anecdote of like just play what you like and um you know master your deck and i think that's part of why flesh and blood is great except for like you know like levia and uh oh, well that's you know, I'm like, not, Bolton, I'm like those are bad decks but like but like if you're playing a, a decent deck and you like playing it then you're gonna do well with it right like i think you, i'm actually i think i'm actually saying something a bit different i'm saying explore because i definitely oh, like i could just be playing berserk reinar and getting like better at it or whatever but I'm like not doing that. I'm instead like playing new heroes. Yeah. Like this is such like a pocket of time where like your your armories probably aren't super cutthroat competitive because there's no big event. Yeah. And there's like the the armory prizes right now are cool, but they're not like old foil weapons or anything that like right. people need. Right. Like play play something cool. Adventure out. I like I'm right now I'm saying like I'm telling people like oh play a hero you have thought about playing but didn't consider and yeah, it's like sure. because they weren't competitively violent like yeah like now is the time to play levia if you've never played levia like it's yeah. not a good deck but you should find that out for yourself and have fun with it because it's not it's not gonna hurt you you know what i mean i mean <laughs> i mean i don't know when you go oh three like yeah oh i'm playing levia for my first time and then you like oh three in armor you're like well that wasn't fun at all like I don't know. Yeah. Um. But that's not. Or you go three zero. You go three zero. Your armor, and you're like, Levy is great. I don't know why nobody plays this deck. Oh, and then you take it to a big tournament. And you eat shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. There's a. There's definitely a balance. Uh. But no. I mean, I. I. I think you're right. Like, I think now. Now is a good time to to try out decks that you know maybe you've got like drum eye built and you just like haven't ever pulled the trigger because you're like getting reps on iceland or something well now it's the time Exa exactly 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 like we're gonna have a competitive season where you can get all the icelander reps that you would want because talishar is going to yeah. be packed your armories are going to be packed like right now it's it's like fun time play some goofy stuff don't play um don't play upf though <laughs> i have no, or do, I have no that's idea what you enjoy. i do like it might be a fun it might be a fun format but I don't know. So I wanted, there was one deck that I really wanted to talk about. 
Yes. And I actually realized, like, looking over it, there's actually, like, it's not that crazy, right? Like, oh. so this is what people are calling Pummelvis. It got made it to the semifinals. Um, I don't know. It lost to a Guardian, which makes sense. Like, I think Guardian is a bad matchup for Vis in general. Um, yeah. Especially, like, I feel like especially Oldham. But um, uh, it's, you know, it's it's pretty standard. Uh, and they, I, I actually, they did a deck tech on the Push the Point YouTube channel, so... You know, go check that out. Those people are cool dudes. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's running a normal equipment suites. Um, and I won't read off every card, but right, it's running things like uh, it's running Deathly Duet, which is the the new rare from Dynasty that gets plus two uh, if a non-attack was pitched, and uh, uh, or no, sorry, plus two if an attack was pitched, and two room chance if a non-attack was pitched. Um, so it's kind of like a like a two resources for for eights, um, which is kind of cool. Um, what else? It's running, you know, it's running the Moth Shrill package. Uh, it's running things like Rune Flash and um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Spellblade Assault as well. That's a two for four that makes two Rune Chance. Um, and then also it's running uh, in the blue slot, which I think is really cool. It's running the Amplify the Arknight. Yeah. So it's it's a uh it costs one less to play for each room chant you control it's like a, it's just a three for four right um but all these cards right like all these cards are like decent value on their own but then you throw in you throw in a pummel right you, th- you, you play three red pummels uh no blue pummels just just three red pummels right so it's like it seems like a pretty small like uh deck building concession to add pummels into your deck like i don't know yeah. exactly what he's giving up i'd have to compare it to like another stock this list or whatever um but yeah you, you've got this insane like mob shrill package which i think is like a really powerful thing um and then yeah you're just playing and you've got all these things that are kind of like naturally like uh two plus cost that cost less when you have room chance so yeah. it's just like it's a really cool idea and i'm glad somebody finally did it and did well with it so yeah i mean i've talked about this deck for in our team chats for like a month and a half i'm mm-hmm. like hey i want to build pummel viz pummel viz seems cool i and feel yeah, like exactly i, like I, I never really pulled it the longer than that like i feel like all like all of us are like man wouldn't pummel be good in viscerai and so every, cool. yeah exactly i've just been like i've been too much of a coward to play it honestly <laughs> it's like, so i i have taken this list and i have cranked it up a little bit um i've added some cards that i think are really spicy um uh, I did drop Spellblade Assault. Mm. Um, yeah, two for six, but the two floats over. It's okay. Um, I put in Reek of Corruption. Uh, oh, Reek cool. of Corruption is very cool. Two for four, uh, which is not, you, you think is not great, but um, what ends up happening is you pummel it and you get in two discards. Yeah. Uh, and you're coming in for eight damage. It's really nice. Uh, another card I added was Drowning Dire. Because Drowning Dire is oh, a yeah. two for five dominate, yeah, yeah, and yeah. when it hits, you bring a non-attack back. So That's that helps cool. a little bit with fatigue matchups. Um, but then you can pummel that, and <laughs> you can do a two, no, a four totally. for nine dominate pump uh, discard, which is great. And then I added Cadaverous. I added Cadaverous contract. Cadaverous is cool too. Yeah, I'm and not that, sure how that I feel lets about you put it. A non-attack quite yet. on top of your deck, right? Like. I played it right no, now. Like no, 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 oh, no. Oh, excuse me. Not Cadaver's Contraband. Uh, what is the... It's a... Uh, I always forget the name of this card. I'm going to just look up my list right now. It's a uh, new Runeblade card we just got oh, from is it the, Outsiders. It, it starts it, with a C. 
is it the three for six that like where like your opponent discards a card if it hits? Yes, yes, yes. That, yeah, because that's so good. Yeah, because it uh, cryptic crossing. Excuse yeah. me, not cadaver yeah, contraband. Yeah. It's another CC alliteration. Uh, cryptic crossing. Um, the reason that card definitely goes on the list is because you want to overpitch on that card to, to activate it because yeah. you need to uh, pitch an on attack and an attack. So you're gonna have floating resources anyways. Uh, the web that card reads is the first time this does damage, your opponent discards a card and you draw a card. Yeah. Um, so you pummel that and you essentially are getting them to discard two cards while you're on a draw card. Even if you're mm -hmm. not um, off a mob turn, <laughs> you've just essentially gotten two discards in an arsenal off your opponent. So you're, yeah. it is like one of the biggest tempo plays I could think of in this game. It's funny. This deck is basically just uh, if Bravo could throw arcane damage. <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, like you play, you know, if you're playing Tunic, right, and you like mm -hmm. you pitch, uh, you know, a red and a blue, or like a yellow, or or you can even just like pitch yellow and a blue, hold back pummel, right? You have two floating. Uh, Cryptic is coming in, and uh, um, yeah, you pummel it. Right, it's like they discard two and you draw one. So you're you're spending four, well, four cards, getting a card back, uh, and then they're discarding a card. So it's like you're spending like two for. It feels like like if if it's a red pummel, it feels like like two cards for ten damage and like disruption for your opponent. So it's like, yeah, that's pretty sick. <laughs> it's pretty pretty nasty. When you pair it with pummel, yeah. Well, that's and when that's you pair it with pummel. That's the card that, like, I'm actually surprised didn't make this list because, like, that's the first card that I thought of actually. Like, oh, pummel this. Like, I wonder if they're running grinding cryptic crossing. Um, mm. But yeah, turns out they are uh, they are not. But yeah, a uh, pretty cool list. It's on the website, so go check that out on Fat PCG, the deck list portion. Um, so we talked about this a little bit, but data. Um, so so how do you Anna. personally? uh right like this conversation came up in our discord of uh mm -hmm. how do you look at data uh call versus like so so calling versus battle harden versus pro quest um right. like where like where does all of that fall for you like so you see the top eight of indie for example you see the top eight of battle hardened you see all these ProQuest winning decks. Like, how do you weight all of these things? Like, what, like how is it each weighted? Yeah, how, mean, do, how do you evaluate these results? First off, you know, anytime I think about data, I just, it's my favorite character on Star Wars TNG, by <laughs> far. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. But, yeah, I, I weight it kind of how LSS weights it. So it goes callings. I mean, it goes, like, worlds. Um, and then it goes nationals and calling. Then it goes battle hardened and pro quests. Mm -hmm. uh, and pro tours are along with callings, right? So I sure. weight them the same way that LSS weights them because the way that LSS is weighting them is not only by skill but by um, number of participants, right? Sure. So the more competitors there are, the more competitive the field is, not because of – the quality of the people in the competition, like let's say a calling is an open field. Um, it's still just the number of people that you have to get through. So when we're doing that again, we're talking about like consistency on a deck. Um, Cause in this game that, that ranks Supreme because there's not a lot of, uh, sure. 
not a lot of super luck involved in this game. So when you're looking at a wider field, you're not really going to get too many wins off of just strictly variance. And the longer a day goes on, uh, if you are getting wins off variance, um, your your luck will eventually run out over the course of sure. like let's say two days, uh, fourteen rounds, versus a single day, which is a battle hardened, a single day with seven rounds. Variance does play a part, but you still have to be good, and your deck has to be good to even to even crack the top eight. So I would never just yeah. dismiss top eight data of anything. Like I, I even like our ProQuest data. Like I like amassing an entire ProQuest season and looking yeah. at what decks kind of survive from that. I think that that's valuable data. Do I think that that data is as valuable as a top eight from a calling? I don't know because those are multiple smaller fields versus one highly competitive large field. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, I So I was kind of erring on the side of like, and like, I don't remember the way that like Archer put it, but he mm-hmm. said something about like, like you shouldn't discount, you know, like ProQuest wins or Battle Hardened wins or whatever, but it's like, it's a data point and like take it in context. And that's kind of like where I fall overall. Cause like, yeah. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that like, battle hardened results don't matter and i'm not saying that like calling results or pro tour results or whatever are the only thing that matters um i guess what i'm saying is that like take each you know data point within context and 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 that's 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 where i'm at like right it's like it's like it's i wish we had more access to like um you know and, and our community does a good job of this usually but like i wish we had more access to like uh like you know more in depth numbers of like like oh like the you know did the vis squeak in as like the the cheeky x2 right and mm-hmm. then he like just happened to make it to the semifinals did did he go 7-0 in swiss and just got an unlucky like draw in the semis or something you know like they, like there's a lot of like situations that you don't see when you're just looking at the numbers and i guess that like the only thing I mean, the and, and then there's this other thing. There's this other thing with t- like Talishar, for example, right? Like, like what what was it? There were like the Talishar like, data. There were like 169,000 games or something, right? And it's like there was this like matchup spread, and uh, the first reaction a ton of people had to it was, oh well, it doesn't matter because people who played Talishar are bad, and it's like, no, <laughs> yeah, and it's like. That's a weird conclusion to jump to, right? Some um, of the best players in the world practice on Talishar. That yeah, doesn't make any that's sense. What I'm saying. And also it's like the the whole thing of like um if there's ten thousand games played by people of varying skills on a hero, then yeah. like it's probably a pretty good assessment of where the hero's at. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean I like I don't know. That's I just wanted to bring this up because like I thought it was a really interesting conversation. Um but like yeah, I guess like context is is really important, right? Um, right. And uh, yeah, I just I, I don't know. Uh, any other the closing thoughts on data before we talk about, um, you know, like what was your favorite like TNG season uh, with data? What was your favorite data themed episode? Um, <laughs> what's your favorite uh, data punchline banger? You know, isn't there isn't there a data episode where he's in like the hollow machine and he's like Sherlock Holmes? Oh, there's a couple of those. I think. I think there's several. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that, that's pre premium content right there. Yeah. Uh, I think TNG is on Netflix for anyone who's never seen it. 
go do that. It's very fun. Man, okay. The, you know, what's crazy, Jacob, is like we're about the same age. And like there are kids yeah. who grew up not having TNG. Like I would like, it was like, it was on, it was rerunning on Everywhere, like, all the time. All the time. It was like new episodes were coming out. And then there was, yeah. was, there was like Star Trek Voyager and Deep Space Nine. That was the <laughs> fucking golden era of Star Trek. I don't Trek. know. I feel like kids might be spoiled now. It's like with the era of streaming, like don't isn't there like four new Star Star Trek shows and like I think there's two cartoons. Like yeah, that's cool time to be yeah. Like, they they, they, they get it, it on demand. I get it. I get it. Like yeah, they have it better, but also they don't know. Like I feel like kids no, nowadays would look know. at TNG and be like, "This is boring." Like. I wanted like explosions and spaceship stuff. And it's yeah. like, just like morally ambiguous situations all the time. <laughs> but like, it's such a good sci-fi show. It's just show. good writing. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, I'm and a like, child. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard or AKA um, <laughs> Patrick Stewart is just an incredible actor. Um, oh, yeah. I'm my fa- savior. The best. Ooh. Ooh. Professor X. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, my, my favorite date episode is, it was one of my least favorite seasons of, of TNG, but like there's this episode where Dr. Crusher is not in the season and it's some other chick and she's a huge asshole to data. And she's like, uh, well, she calls him uh, data. She's like, Oh, hello data. And he's like, Oh, my name is actually data. And she's like, what's the difference? And he goes, one is my name and one is not. <laughs> um, and then, but then they like, for some reason have a court case about like whether or not David or data can be like a member of the crew. I don't know. Because he's a, he's a, a non-humanoid. He's a, yeah. an android, exactly. Um, but uh, point being, when you look at data from uh, any event, mm-hmm. uh, take it with a grain of salt and then test it. I would yeah. say that that's like yeah. that's what you should do with any data well, in this game or any game. You should just you should just fucking test it. Yeah, that ties back <laughs> to your other point too. It's like now's a great time. It's like oh, pummel this won this battle hard and like is this deck actually good? Like, go play it at your armory. That's a first. That's a good first step. And then, like, it's like, oh, this deck might have legs. Like, say, you know, contact a buddy and be like, hey, like, let's run some games on Talisher. I think this deck is cool. And then you can make tweaks. And like, that's testing, right? Like, <laughs> that's that's how you do it. That's you know. it's it's a fun part of any yeah. of this hobby. It's the fun part of this hobby. Yeah, I love I love. I'm not like the biggest like deck builder like from scratch, mm-hmm. but like I love tuning decks. Tweaking um, and testing. Yeah, love taking yeah. ideas and then like making them better. Um, I love building from scratch. Um, and sometimes they're trash, but it's fun. And it is really fun to build an idea. It be close. And then you see that idea yeah, executed by another. I, I like that feeling because then you're like, oh, I was close. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't know that this generic card was what I needed, but I was close. <laughs> yeah, man. I so I used to do that in magic all the time. And like I was never like the like I was an OK magic player. Like I did mm-hmm. like. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but like, I would like, I would, I loved building decks because I think that like the deck building in Magic is like a little bit like you have more options because it's not necessarily better. I'm gonna say that right now, but you have more options because you can add any card you want into your deck, but you just have to have the lands or whatever to pay for them. Um, that being said, uh, there would be times where like I'd build this crazy deck and I'm like I know this deck's powerful, but I like I keep losing with it, so like I'm gonna change decks or whatever. And then, yeah, same thing, like, a month later, it's, like, some pro who's actually, like, a good player is, like, I just came up with this crazy deck. I'm, like, shit, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I knew that yeah. went in there. Digimon has that. It's cool. There's colors, but, like, 
you can run any mm. Digimon in your deck that you want. You just have to be able to pay the cost. Yeah. Because if you have similar colors, they'll they'll give you discounts. Um. So it, it's really cool. I, I like that. But yeah. um, if they did that in this game, it would be fucking brain shattering. It would be it <laughs> if you could be, have if you could have like multiple like classes. So or something. hard. I would be sitting in play like. <laughs> I'm Man. like, oh, if, maybe if, if everything was just like, like shapeshifter, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, because yeah. even the even in the shapeshifter sealed format, I'm trash. I'm always like, you know, in my head, I'm like, Runeblade and Warrior goes together because they both have swords, and it's like <laughs> that deck sucked, and I was pissed. I was like, this deck should be yeah. cool. Yeah, I should yeah. be swinging arcane damage and big sword attacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely in in sealed. I like I fall into that trap sometimes of like I just want to build like this cool like thing. And then yeah, it sucks. I'm like, well, but at least I had a cool deck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of sealed and draft. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, like, let's talk about some cards we're excited to draft in Outsiders. Which yeah. I like just real quickly. I don't. I mean, how do you feel about um, like just drafting in Outsiders? Are you excited for this new like six hero format or whatever? Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I I don't. I have not played a lot of Magic, but the Magic mm-hmm. that I have played is draft. Yeah. Um. And Uprising was, and I'll say this, I'm not like a veteran drafter or like whatever. I was first to draft in um, Flesh and Blood, and it was not great. Uh, I preferred most of most of my magic drafting over, over drafting Uprising um, quite a bit. I am super duper excited for this new format because this Outsiders format is even different from what you're capable of doing within a magic yeah. draft yeah um the amount of options you're gonna have and really it'll it'll all click in people's minds what directions we can go when all of the weapons have been shown yeah. and we really know like what hero chooses what weapon and so on and so forth but um yeah i'm, I'm very excited especially with the hybrid cards Oof. um yeah i i generic cards i think the generic card pool is probably going to be very small which i also think is super smart for the game um yeah i think doing some smart things with this with this set that i, think I could talk about cards just kind of like limit the design space so i'm definitely mm-hmm. happy to like we've got a bunch of like good like accessible just like commons like razor reflex and pummel and like so, sink below and stuff right there's and, been like, there's oh go ahead oh i was oh no no you go ahead you go i was gonna say there's there's been some chatter uh on twitter about the reprints in this mm-hmm. in this set and i think that Fab should lean into um, common generic reprints amongst sets. Totally. It's like I don't, especially in draftable sets. Like I just need a good drafting experience, yeah. and it's okay for me to get more. The car that we're talking about right now is Come to Fight, um, which mm. is a one cost. Your next att- full cycle in the red one cost. Yeah, your next attack is plus three. Um, that's that's a decent generic. It's not breaking the game yeah. but we also don't need that card power crept i don't need flesh and blood to be like oh we can't print this card again so we have to figure out some new way to make it tricky it's like no just reprint it uh it'd yeah. be cool if it was a new piece of art but that costs money i understand um yeah so i think if the game really sticks to that kind of thing and we kind of slow down and that's why i like the hybrid cards the hybrid cards are slowing down power creep too 
because they're only going to be accessible by a certain number of classes. So if they release some really powerful attack reaction or some really powerful defense reaction, but they're like, hey, only assassins and ninjas can use this. Yeah. It doesn't break the back of the rest of the game. Yeah, so it gives it gives access to more than one class, but it doesn't like it's not like you're printing another pummel, right? Where like any class could use it. Not that every class is, but you know what I'm saying. Um, every class should use pummel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every class should use pummel. <laughs> no, um, I think uh, I, I'm also like, you kind of alluded to this, but I'm also excited for the drafting because like, I don't think that the six heroes, like the six heroes will like, that will inform your strategy and you know what cards you're picking but i think there's going to be a really cool tension because it's it's not six different classes it's, it's two ninja two ranger um, exactly. you know two um, uh assassins right so mm-hmm. um i think that like it's really interesting because it gives you all those options but um there's gonna be tension right between um between the uh two different heroes within, within each class uh, there's gonna still gonna be the the thing you get from generics right like if there's like a primo generic um Mm -hmm. right like everybody's gonna want to draft that it won't be that but uh or like the dual class cards right um those um those will have the tension between those two classes right so um yeah i think that's gonna be really fun but you get to stay uh, open longer you know that that term of open and drafts you get to you get to be a bit more maneuverable and make more important decisions later in your drafts um, and I think that that's mm. what everybody has talked about missing from Uprising, for sure. Yeah, um, and I, th- exactly. that That's the, like, kind of the feedback that I heard from most, like, you know, pros on podcasts and and just friends, right? Is like, right. is, is, it felt like it was, like, on a track. Like, it was, or on, like, a, on wheels or whatever. And what, I think even whatever if, they, you know, you want to call it. Yeah, I think even if you don't have the language for that, like, even if it was your first set drafting ever i think you would have that feeling where you're like oh i can't i mean i've picked so many ninja cards at this point i can't not pick a ninja card because then i won't have a playable deck <laughs> like yeah. you just get you just get stuck in that situation um yeah let's talk about um so these really spicy spoilers that came out uh it's been a while since we uh last talked so quite a oh, bit yeah. of spoilers have come out, but uh, we're not. So we're not going to cover all of them. We're just going to cover the ones that I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's <laughs> um, go over let's go over this first one. Uh, yeah, the, the newest one, Dishonor, the one that just dropped. Um, that collectively, Fab Twitter is losing their mind over for for, for good reason. <laughs> this card is awesome, and it's awesome for a lot of reasons. I don't think everyone is realizing up up front um because there's two ways to look at this card people are looking at this card and like oh my gosh this game is i saw one post that was like this game is so dumb uh they were already complaining and they were like this is just like such a broken card yada 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 and i i I was just like yeah if you're letting this hit you you are bad at the game and you probably (laughs) deserve to lose that round because damn this is so telegraphed you have to have three attacks on the chain before it comes if you see the first two stop blocking or at least save yourself some armor or something you know what i mean um yeah so basically dishonor is is a card it is a blue that blocks for three comes in for two if bonds of ancestry was your last attack it gets plus two 
if bonds of ancestry, um, if bonds of ancestry, surging strike, and descendant gust wave, a card we don't know yet, are on the combat chain and this hits, hero loses all abilities for the rest of the game. So that is a very, very spicy text. Yeah. Um, I like the design space. It's moving the, the game in a direction of kind of what Regicide was doing. This isn't an alternate win con, but for some decks it is. Sure. For some decks, this is an alt win con. You hit this on Dromai, that yeah, deck's yeah, yeah. kind of dead in the water. Um, what are some other heroes you could I, think of that I are mean, like dead, uh, in the, dead in the water? You hit them with this. It's it, the deck is cannot do the thing the deck does anymore. Uh, Reinar, Viserai, um, uh, Katsu, Katsu, Dory. Um, Dory's done. Dory is yeah. like finite with this right, hits her. Right. Um, what else? There's um, uh, I mean, like you know, a chain. If that were still a thing. Uh, yeah, I I I, I don't know if it completely stops viscerai because what you're shaving two three damage off a turn yeah that's bad it, well, it's, but it's it not slows them down. that's yeah. not back yeah it's um, not backbreaking kano um, turns off kano uh um, that's backbreaking yep. that's two games over yeah um, um what else but like i mean yeah so it, it definitely like if this pops off somehow somehow uh yep. yeah that's that's backbreaking but it's like you said but, it's like what when like when is this hitting? Like, okay, <laughs> don't so worry. This is powerful, about... and I think I think that the 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 threat of this card is a lot better than the card actually is. But that's the trick. Is like that's what Phi left from ninjas. The the, yeah. the trick of ninja is that they're small attacks that are easy to block, but should have relevant on hits. Ninjas want you to block. Yeah. Ninjas want you to commit cards from hand, and then they want to leak damage, and then they just want to do that over and over again. And that's not what Phi was really built around. Phi was built around long chains to leak damage. It was like, ooh, 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 I got to chain five, and now you're messed up. Mm -hmm. What I like ninjas more is when they do, here's an on hit for two that's you should consider blocking. And they're like, yeah. nah, I don't want to. And you're like, okay, here's an on hit for four damage. You should probably block this. Yeah. And they're like, no, I don't want to block it. And you're doing that exchange over and over again because a smart player is being asked, do you know what relevant on hits mm -hmm. I have left in my deck? Do you know where this combo line is going? Um, and it allows the ninja player to have this like tricky element. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. That's what this card's bringing to the game. That's what makes me so excited about that. Is that if I play Surging Strike and I play Descendant Gust Wave, that already is probably like nine damage, eight to nine damage. We yeah, don't yeah. know Descendant yet. Well, yeah, I mean, so I'm already asking my like, opponent, it's, two, like, it's the two for five go again. Two for five go again, yeah. yeah. So, so like you're that's already a, that's asking. A, yeah. Exactly. So when you put surging on the line, your opponent's being like, "Holy shit! Can he? Can my opponent get dishonor right now? Mm -hmm. uh, is that in the line?" So I want to walk people through some tricky, tricky dishonor. I also like here. too that this. So like you look at like surging strike. It's also the combo starter for another combo line, which I really oh, like. Sorry, can you say that again? You out. Oh, surging strike is uh, also the combo starter for the Mugenchi Lord of the Wind line. Yeah. And so I really like that good. because you can go surging strike and people are like, oh, well, like, which like, you know, I don't think they're ever like, I think if they're smart, they're not blocking the surging strike anyway. But oh. like you, they can't really like play around like, oh, well, like he's definitely like before you come to surging strike, it's like, oh, well, they're going to whelming gust wave. Like that's like just what they're going to do because that's the only option if they want to keep this combat chain going. But <laughs> uh, this is nice because you can then go 
Um, you know, if you can like set up a situation where you surging strike and then surging strike hits and you discard and tutor with Katsu, um, you can get the other line that they're not prepared for, right? Like, does that does that make sense? I like like you have oh, no, it gives you some utility with Katsu's hero power, which I think is really cool because that's like in a just like just looking at it, um, it's a very powerful effect, right? And it, just being able to like uh, discard a card and then get any card you want from your deck with you know the combo cost zero or whatever. Um, so I, I think that like having this like other option is super, super cool. So, so the other thing I want to talk about, cause the, the surging into whelming gust wave is also relevant on this card because of the other card that's on here, which is bonds of ancestry. Mm-hmm. Bonds of ancestry is a two for four, uh, with combo. It says if a card with gust wave in its name was the last attack this combat chain. This costs two less, so it'll make it a zero cost. And it gains go again. And when this attacks, not hits, when this attacks, you may banish a card with combo from your graveyard. If you do, search your deck for a card with the same name, banish it, then shuffle. You may play it this combat chain. So what's really cool about this is you can go surging, whelming, bonds now when you grab when you play the bond you're going to be able to fish any card that's in your graveyard out of your deck so let's say you get a dishonor early it might actually be better to block with that dishonor early than it would be to pitch it for the blue because you're going to have it in graveyard once it's in graveyard it is loaded for the next time you just get surging and bonds you have this really pretty pretty much pre-programmed line because you're going to play surging if it hits, you're going to, which it should, you're going to Katsu. You're going to Katsu up your Descendant Gust Wave, play your Descendant. Bonds comes in for zero. You're going to get your Dishonor from Graveyard. And then you just you just pulled that line out of thin air. Yeah. Also, Dishonor cool. is a two cost, so it can be tutored with Pouncing Links. Ooh. So in the mount, ma- yeah, That's in the matchups, in the matchups where it's very relevant. Attack. Or what is it? It's a two attack. Yeah, yeah. it's a two attack. Um, so in the matchups where it's super relevant, your Dory's, your um, what's another hero we listed off? That's like it's like back back breaking. Like yeah. Reinar, not so much. You know, Reinar can still do fun stuff without yeah. the intimidates. It just slows them down. Yeah, but like um, any any hero that has a like yeah, Dory is a great example. If they have like yeah, their ability as a core part of their game, then you probably run masking mask of the pouncing league to to guarantee this goes through. Yeah. On the limited side, dishonor is a two so if you benji this it cannot be blocked that's people talked about the combo it's like well bonds of ancestry gives it plus two making it a four if you're um benji you just throw a kadachi in the middle there so you play bonds of ancestry you kadachi for one that'll not break the combat chain but it'll make it so that bonds is two chains behind Dishonor is coming in for two now with an unblockable. If your opponent doesn't have any armor, oh, they're that's in a, a good really point. bad spot. Yeah, yeah. Or if they do have armor and you have attack reaction, uh, it becomes spicy. And like we were talking about before the, the cast started, I think outsiders might take us into a uh, reaction step phase for the game, which love is it. what I really yeah. want to see. I, love I it. really want to see people playing poker. I want to see people... Being yeah. like seeing these long reaction chains because we don't have that yet. There's only a couple of heroes that are like, oh, I play two attack reactions. And it's like, oh, I play two defense reactions. And yeah. 
that's one of the most exciting interactions of this whole game. <laughs> no, I, I like, yeah, uh, I'm really excited for, for outsiders. And um, I think there's a lot of cool mechanics coming out. Like, I think you just did a really great job of highlighting all the different like lines of the dishonored. Um, so yeah, um, I'm really excited. Um, and uh, yeah, go check out our uh, <laughs> wrapping this up abruptly because uh, oh, you're good. bad planning, but go check out our YouTube page. Uh, you're probably watching this right now on YouTube. Good for you. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also on Spotify. Go check us out on Twitter. Enlightened underscore Mike. Jacob's at uh, G Williker. G Williker. Yeah, that starts with a J. Right. And uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. And uh, don't forget to smash like, subscribe, etc. We're doing a giveaway, so hit that subscribe button and you'll win. Uh, and we'll get you on the website. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace.